0: You are tuned in to the Paris Passages podcast. Thank you so much for letting my show be part of your podcast library. Now here is your hostess with the most mess, Samantha Parrish. Hello there and welcome back to the Paris Passages podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to include this episode a part of your enjoyment. I feel very honored. I feel very humble. I want to provide the content that can be able to entice for education, entertainment, all that stuff. So I feel like all parties win here. You get entertainment. I get to fulfill that entertainment. So I think everybody wins here. That's just fantastic. So first things first, how is everyone doing? Are you doing okay? Are you having a great day? Is it not so much of a great day? Are you feeling fine? Are you feeling fine as wine? Well, let me tell you. You should be feeling fine as wine. Because wine is aged to perfection and always in high quality. And so are you. And you better believe that. Do not talk bad about yourself, okay? Or else I'll know. You don't know how I'll know, but I'll know. That's all you have to know. So for this episode, as mentioned, the topic is going to be about plot problems and trying to solve them and how to deal with writer's block. And when I was writing this episode... I kind of had a bit of writer's block with writing this episode, and I was very worried that I was going to underwhelm this episode. I felt like I needed more material, and I feel like my listeners out there that are creators or writers will agree that there's always that feeling of needing to do more. It kind of feels like a weird phantom pain of needing to feel you need to go above and beyond, but when I came to the realization of writing this episode that it's okay if I don't have all the material because I can come back and revisit this specific topic. And I started to feel better to know that this doesn't have to have everything said and done. This will be a topic that I will revisit. There are several episodes so far that I've already been talking and debating and planning that I will be doing a continuation about that topic. So you will have enough coverage for this episode. I have provided that. It's not long enough, but it's not like long enough to the point that it would be like the running time of Dances with Wolves. Think of this episode like a cake. I'm just giving you a couple of slices that are just enough to fill the topic of this friction of fiction. But I do want this to be an episode as for the creators that chose this episode to get through some writer's block. And I have some answers served up for you in that metaphorical piece of cake it's pretty sweet. You'll like it. Let's get started with the episode that for once will be in order more than my actual work process for my second book. <laughs> I had mentioned in the last episode that the idea of going through plot problems was paralleling to what was happening with my continuation of my second book of Inglorious Ink, And it, the book starts off six months after the chaos that erupted at the end of the first book, leaving off on a note that what the real danger is for all these characters. And so far with the second book, the enemies are closing in, old faces are returning, and there's an unexpected critical problem for one of the main characters. The second book to go ahead and give you a bit of a a sneak peek, the tagline is called The Glory Days. So I felt like I need to I needed to uphold that title called the Glory Days that will deal with their history and their past and their present. So I have all that established and I had tons of ideas. And unfortunately, about 70% of those ideas had to get scrapped. And that made life 10 times harder for me to figure out where my plot went. I knew these three points, but I didn't know how to work around them. And that was the hard part. The process has been extremely difficult for the establishment of the critical status for all of these characters and then having to make this world work and making sure that everything made sense which is always the hard part about a plot is making sure that it makes sense to yourself and other people that will be reading it so no one is confused and the hard part is having to rework your own book And I'm sure that there are writers out there that will agree about the difficulties of having to rework your own book and remembering what it is that you have to scrap or re-edit. But there's another problem besides the fact of plot revisions and then trying to figure out the plot is a time frame. I imagine that there are some authors out there, uh, some that I know personally, and I have read about how they have given themselves certain deadlines and they want to get stuff done. And I wanted this book done, uh, before the end of the summer back in 2020. And then I decided, well, I want it done, uh, by Christmas because I started it on Christmas. I want it to end by Christmas. That did did not happen. (laughs) and that I wanted done before my birthday in April and that that also did not happen I just was trying to stretch out this creativity so on top of not being able to figure it out I stressed myself out with giving myself a time frame but realistically with or without the time frame I still would have been in the same fiction frustration that I'm in right now It's frustrating as an author to be patient and find the plot or wait for inspiration to hit you. The most frustrating thing is when you have a plot point and you can't use it. I'm sure there is a collected sigh of that frustrated relation about the pain of having to scrap plot points or figure out how a small snippet can be used somewhere because it's something that's so loved and liked and you know that you want this part in the book but you don't know if it really generally belongs there, or if it has to go to another character, or it has to go to another book entirely. This is going to be weird, but a story is kind of like dishes. It sounds weird, but uh, this has been my recent comparison, so, so stay with me here before you start to question my, um, my dialogue and reasoning. A story should have that equivalent to setting the table. You have all those parts and pieces to decorate and present your story. Think of all your plot points like the salad fork, the bread dish, the butter dish, a regular fork, a water glass, a wine glass. And sometimes some of those dishes might have to be removed. And those ideas will come out there. And in this long, 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 long opening, I want to help straighten out those ideas so you know if you have to scrap it or style it. So the first point that I would like to make, the best way to answer your questions is make more questions. I'm sure that there are uh, readers and writers out there that have done this before, but I just want to go ahead and put it on there anyway, because I really wanted to present the examples about that. I'll give you an example, because you most likely do this every day. And you do this with a lot of stuff that you read or watch or you write. So when you watch your favorite movie or your favorite TV show that you've rewatched a thousand times, and you sit there and you question a character's motives and you wonder why they did something that made their life 10 times harder on themselves, use that towards your characters. I came to the realization that helped me in my plot progress. This is a little side note, but one day. My boyfriend and I are watching the show Masters of Sex, and one of the characters reveals something that just inadvertently made his life 10 times harder, like he might as well just go ahead and lay down in the dirt and have a whole bunch of debris fall out of him because he just might, because he just asked for this rubble to just topple onto him. And I thought about that. This is what helped me out with my continuation of my characters, With my rascal criminal characters of Inglorious Inc, the ones that I've created to be so smart and evade the law and get through anything at all. So I have to ask myself this. If they are so smart, why would they do something that could and would cause legal repercussions? If these are such smart characters, they can't do anything that would get themselves arrested. They can have close calls. It's mentioned in the first book that these characters have been at it for about five to eight years, depending on the characters and how long they've been at Inglorious Inc. doing the shady side business. If they've been getting away with this for eight years, they can't just act like they're novices. And by having that question to constantly ask myself, it has helped me out with the turmoil that they face in the book. So you might have to just write it down and just have like a section of your uh, book of ideas and just constantly ask yourself questions so that way you won't have this problem come up and then you can think of that answer as you're writing along. It helps out. After doing that, I've been able to have questions answered for me in advance for the next three books of Inglorious Inc. So yeah, that's the best way to do it. You You have questions, answer that with a question and you'll find your answer. So the next thing that I wanna point out is, if you're like me and you are working on your second book, you could be working on your third, fourth, ninth book and you're figuring some stuff out. If you're having a plot problem, then go back in time and read your first book. I've had to do that multiple times to remember certain things that I did. Maybe there's some stuff that I needed to revisit so that way it kind of becomes an inadvertent little helping thing. So if you're sitting there and you don't really know what to write about and you don't really know what where you want to go with your story, then that's your chance to be able to answer a question from your first book or answer something that you haven't gotten around to yet. You already have like this little plot point set for you that you can go ahead and elaborate on to buy yourself some time before you get back to the actual plot. That's helped me out a lot with some things that, like I said, it, it bought me some time before I had to get to the critical stuff, but at least I know that it did make my book stronger and longer. So my third point is an important one and it kind of hurts me to have to say it because I take this not too personally, but it's because it, it interferes with the way that I create is when you create certain plot points that are entertaining. It doesn't always mean that it should be in there because you find it entertaining. It sounds confusing and it sounds harsh or even like kind of uh, desensitizing creativity, but I'll explain. On my last episode, I mentioned that I did my own stand-up special for YouTube and I wanted to do my own jokes that I never got to do. And I had a certain way that I like to talk about movies and make them into jokes, like picking really obscure movies because I love jokes like that. And I wanted to do jokes like that. But then a friend of mine, pointed out that just because I find it funny does not mean that others are going to find it funny. And that does pertain to storytelling. Just because I enjoy putting in uh, nostalgic media and really obscure stuff, not everyone's going to get it. There will be some readers that will approach us with an open mind to go, oh, I never really knew this piece of media existed, or oh, I never really uh, thought of humor like that which is great. It's always good to present things with an open mind, but it needs to just kinda take it up on the reins a little bit. Just just a snip just a little snippet of the reins. Just so that way there's still a balance of getting to do what you want and entertaining the way you see fit, but then someone else is gonna get it. It's kind of like you're given stepping stones in a way. So as much as I've had these ideas of putting in dialogue that has like obscure media I've had to just put it on the back burner. Just be careful about what you find entertaining and then putting it in there because people have different types of ways that they like their entertainment or the way they want to immerse themselves into a story. For my last point I would like to make. If you're looking for something for your story, instead of waiting for an idea that you had saved for a future book, why not have it now? This is something that I I thought of as I was finishing up the process for this script was how I actually had to uh, go against my own uh, process for how I wanted every book to go, that there were some plot points that I specifically wanted to have at a later point because I felt it needed to be pushed back later on. So one thing that I'll share that's kind of a small little reveal, not a spoiler, but it's a reveal, one of the characters of my book, Lance, my main guy, the one that you navigate the story through, there's a part in the plot that really tests his psyche. And originally, I wanted his severe turmoil to be addressed and to talk about at a later point in, like, book four. But instead, when push came to shove, I decided Well, I think now's the time to actually go ahead and have this emotional moment for Lance presented now, because in turn, by going ahead and using this future plot point for my present book, it made Lance a stronger character. And I'm really happy that I actually went against my own process to go ahead and have that in there. So apply that action for your book, whatever it is you have saved for your future books, See how it would look by your current book. Just do a little little side piece on a piece of paper and just see how it plans out because you might be surprised that you actually prefer this part of your plot to be sooner rather than later. So don't wait to put it in a part of your book. Put it in now. Go ahead and do it. It's your book. You do what you want. I'm not telling you what to do. I would just like to tell you that it's okay if you have to go out of your process and to actually experiment a little bit more and kind of get a little bit loosened up and just see how things go with your story. Even though it's not going the way you want right now, but it is going somewhere and it will get there. So in conclusion, (laughs) oftentimes the best way to go through a story is what I heard from another author. You don't think just right. You just go with it and just see how it flows out. If you have to just take a moment to stop, then you have to take a moment to stop and then go back to it. Don't stretch that creativity out of your head because it's not going to go well. Do you remember the part in Cars when Lightning McQueen tried to rush the paving process on the road and it was like this this messy, blobby road that was uh, uneven and rocky? That's something that you wouldn't want for your story. You wouldn't want rocky. You would want smooth. But also, it's your story. You can do whatever you want. It can change at any time. I have done several revisions for my book of Inglorious Sync even after it's been published because I felt like it had to be in there. You can always go back and do anything to your books. There's no rule that says you can't do that. You do whatever you want. You're in charge. It's your story. Do not let anyone deter you away from your visions and your creativity. I can't emphasize that enough to the point that I'm trying to keep my voice down so I don't go to like Sam Kinnison levels of screaming and I don't want to blow out anyone's ears. That's that's not good. I'm, I don't want to do that. But you get my point I'm trying to make about plots, and that's what matters. <laughs> if you're a writer, please contact me on all my social medias. If you have any questions about plot problems, You can find me at my handle, Paris Passages, if you need to just talk book and you need to know what's going on here. I will be the creativity counselor and we will figure something out. I hope that all of the points that I made help you in your way for creating your story, that you can navigate to have the story that you want exactly the way that you want, because that's what I would want for you. And if you're thinking about making your first story, then I hope all these things helped out so you wouldn't have a tough time with writer's block. Thank you so much for listening to to this episode of the show. As always, I appreciate anyone that takes time out of their day to listen to an episode of my show, or if they decided that my show is going to be the one that they would be listening to on the way to work or while they're creating stuff. I feel honored and blessed that you have chosen my little show and all of its little ramblings to be your entertainment. So thank you very much. So for the next episode of the Paris Passages podcast, we're going to the dark side and we're going to be dissecting how to make a good villain for the story. What are some of the cliches and what makes a unique an individual one-of-a-kind villain. And I will be sharing some of the villains of my story and some of the villains that has inspired me and some of the villains that maybe you should take an extra look at to know that they're not just like a dastardly villain, but they're actually more in-depth than you thought. This has been an episode that I have been working on uh, while I was working on the Current episode that you were listening to. So, I'm hoping that will be a faster process to get that one out there. But I appreciate the patience and the support and all of the love that I have been getting for the show. It makes me so happy to want to do the show and continue that and make a really good podcast show for all the listeners out there. So, again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, take care of yourself. Stay awesome. Please stay safe out there. It's a crazy world out there. So, please stay safe. Have a great day. Have a great night. I don't know when you're listening to this episode, so I'll just cover both of them at the same time. Take care. Bye-bye.